AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Crush. I'm looking at one of my favorite smiling faces, Miss Annie Reese. Hi, Chuck. It's been a minute. I'm so happy to be here. I know. You know, I was looking, uh, I think, I know the last time you were in was with Holly for Empire, but I don't know when the last Annie solo show was. It was a while ago. It was a while ago. Gosh. Could could it have been Captain America? I think it was... um... Yeah, I think it was. It might have been what we do in the shadows, but I think it was Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was Thor Ragnarok. Ha. Did we do Thor Ragnarok? Yes, we, we did. did. We? Of course. How could you forget <laughs> my thoughts, <laughs> my brilliant thoughts on no, Thor Ragnarok? No, I remember that they were so brilliant. They blew my mind yes. and I just can't even think anymore about it. Yeah. That's... I think that was the last one. That was a long time ago, Annie. I know. I know. How you doing? I'm good. I'm at the usual. I don't know why every time we record these, I'm at a weird intersection of very hyper and very tired, which I guess okay. is great. Um, <laughs> but right. as of today, I am fully vaccinated. So that's exciting. Oh, nice. So yeah. two weeks out or just got your shot? Two weeks out. So today. Which one did you get? I got Moderna. You're like, I got two Johnson and Johnsons. I just wanted to <laughs> double up. I got Moderna too. Yeah. Team Moderna. Yes. I don't know. Most people I know got Pfizer. So, yeah. Yeah. Same. Uh, who knows? All I know is it has brought me a lot of peace of mind. I uh, recorded yesterday with Josh and Jerry in person. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Which was really great. We we're all three in a room together. And uh, boy, it was nice. I got to tell you. 
That it does. was something else. Yeah, um, I'm going to the office today, and I actually have something for you that I'm going to drop off at your desk. Ooh, yes. all right, because I'm going to be there tomorrow. So, oh, oh, that's exciting. Yes, yes. <laughs> don't tell me. No, no way. <laughs> I don't. Oh no. <laughs> You're like it's bed bugs. Yes, that's definitely something I would do. Uh, well, it's great to see you. Great to have you back. Um, we were talking about what movie to do. You threw out Alien among a couple of others, and it's like, what am I saving Alien for if not Annie? Let's just let's do it. I did Aliens already. Oh, okay. Well, you're in for a wild ride. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, uh, well, I'll I'll go ahead and just start real quick by giving you my rundown of my history here. Uh, this is a movie I remember from when I was when it came out. Believe it or not, when I was eight years old. Uh, it seemed like the scariest movie ever made for an eight-year-old kid mm-hmm. when you're looking at that poster and that tagline, one of the all-time greats. Yes. And I was not allowed to watch it. I read the Mad Magazine spoof. And weirdly, I remember all of that so vividly, but I don't remember the first time I saw it. Really? Which, yeah, which kind of I think speaks to a kid's imagination. Uh, I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I just know it's always been a movie of gone back to again and again and then watching the 40th anniversary 4k edition last night yeah it, it's it's saying it holds up is is a cliche it's it's just as great as ever i can't believe this movie was made in 1979 every time i look at it and it's just it's one of the great all-time films absolutely um <laughs> on over on stuff I'm never told you we have a segment called feminist movie friday and the mm-hmm. for the movie that i was like we have to do this segment was this one yeah. and it just years I've been like we have to talk about Alien and I when the 40th anniversary which was 2019 happened I got to go see it in theaters oh. and it was awesome it yeah. was so fantastic and um, I actually have a really funny story about this movie because I vividly remember the first time I saw it um, my older brother and I had a really adversarial relationship growing up. How much older is he? He's four years older than me. Okay. So this was, I was nine years old and around the time it was, a the Roswell alien autopsy thing happened oh, okay. and he showed it to me <laughs> Yeah. and it freaks me out, Chuck. It really freaks me out. Uh-huh. And being an older brother, he played this very epic well done, but terrible prank where he basically convinced me that our parents had been abducted by aliens, that they were coming for me. And oh, no. like they were special effects. <laughs> there were lights. I hid in my closet all night. Wow. Um, well, you're in your closet again. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all come full circle. <laughs> full circle. Um, but because of the success of his prank, I was terrified of aliens. So scared. I couldn't watch E.T. I couldn't watch Independence oh, Day. Wow. Like, I had a legitimate, if I remember once in class in high school, one of their teachers showed, I think it was Independence Day, I had to leave. I couldn't watch it. So was that your big, was that your boogeyman? Yes. And so, and you know, I love horror movies. Yeah, totally. And it was like this thing that was just bothering me that I was missing this whole genre, this whole Mm -hmm. section of horror movies. And so I told my best friend, I'm, like, this is my Mount Everest. I have got to get over yeah. it. And I was in college, and we watched Alien, 
and I cried. I cried. <laughs> and I was like hugging her and wow. hiding. But I got over the, I did uh-huh. get over the fear. <laughs> and now it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, there's something to be said for, um, what's it called? Exposure therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that and Aliens and Event Horizon all on the same day. So I. Event Horizon was pretty good, I remember. I haven't seen it in a while, but that that was pretty creepy. It's messed up. It's messed up. But yeah. yeah my deal with uh, Aliens is I, I like it a lot, but I really like seeing, I really like Alien a lot more, like a lot more. Uh, I like seeing, it's much more rewarding to see the journey for Ripley in this movie. Yeah. I love seeing badass Ripley all ready to go in Aliens. Mm-hmm. But seeing the transformation here in her character arc uh, is just, it's everything, you know? Yeah, I think they're just two very different. I feel like Aliens is much more an action movie, which is still yeah. fun and great. But this 100%. one is like, I mean, immediately with the the credit sequence of how the, the letters come in and the kind of driving beat yeah. of the music, you're like, oh, I'm unsettled. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I know that it's it, there's... You know, it's a sci-fi horror film, but even having seen it so many times last night, it hit me of how much of a horror film this is. Like if this, if this were a cabin in the woods, it and it literally you could just do everything you do and then make it a monster in the woods with the same people who maybe they're working in a coal mine or something, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're having dinner at their table in the cabin, like, and they get picked off one by one, and there's cat, there's a cat that's fucking things up. <laughs> I mean, it's a straight up horror movie. Absolutely, and it's it's funny because I I managed to miss that a uh, big Twitter kerfuffle about uh, that article that said there's no horror movies in space, and people were like, "What alien? <laughs> Who said that?" Uh, I don't remember. I missed it, but it, I saw like all of the fallout of people saying, "Here's multiple right. examples." Sure. Um, Event Horizon was kind of a horror movie. Absolutely, wasn't it? it's yeah. horrible. We don't need eyes to see. That's God. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I don't like that line. <laughs> Sam Neill. Oh. Yeah, he was great. Perfect. Um, it was Xenomorph Alien Day a couple days ago. So this is sort of timely. You know, I saw that somewhere today when I was poking around the internet about this movie. What what was oh no no, maybe Noel told me, but what was um was there a reference to this date, like in the Terminator or something? Oh, I have no idea. Or did they just pick? I mean, surely it wasn't out of thin air, right? No, I. It can't be out of thin air. Uh, I think it's the. Um, actually, you know what it is? It's the ship. The ship that they find is four two six. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm all about the nerds claiming a day <laughs> for their own. <laughs> I'm yeah. all about it. <laughs> you know, in the process of being on this show, Chuck, I've made a lot of lists of like, oh, sure. Here's my favorite horror movies. Here's my favorite whatever, whatever. And uh-huh. I did notice, like, a lot of my favorite movies come from this time period, which I think is really interesting. But my dad is probably the reason I love movies. And this was, like, his mm-hmm. youth and heyday. And he told me the story of taking my mom on a date to see Alien. Oh, wow. And he said it just scared the hell out of them. They couldn't even look at the poster. And people, yeah. according to him, people were, like, screaming and somebody threw up. And it was like, it's really... Well, I mean, it's 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 hard for the youth today, Annie, which I will still include you, uh, to to understand that there was nothing like this at the time. Like there was Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and those were 
sort of lovable aliens in a way. Um, there was the day the Earth stood still. There were laser beam shooting, you know, yeah. War of the Worlds type aliens. But there hadn't been like once H.R. Giger got on the scene and created this truly terrifying, remorseless, empathyless uh, beast. Uh, no one knew what the fuck would how to take this. It was it was truly horrifying and like just rewrote movies and this kind of movie at least. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because there's a lot of things that were happening when this came out and before it came out that really influenced it. And, I, you know, some of the creators, like Dan O'Bannon in specific, uh, mm-hmm. said, like, I want this to be... Because Star Wars had come out and it was really successful. Yeah, Like, sure. take that, make that scary, make it, like, Jaws in space, make it Texas mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre in yeah. space. Uh-huh. And also at the time which I'm going to get into this, and I think some people are going to be like, wow, I never look at this movie the same again. But there were things like um, Roe v. Wade, and you had second wave feminism, and you had a lot of fears around like environmental things and uh, chemicals and pesticides and Uh foods. And then you had this fear around like capitalism and uh, not putting employees first and like just not valuing them so all of these things yeah, we need were... to talk about the bonus <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that that's one of the things that does feel very kind of star wars to me where they're the ship is kind of dirty they're just like people were doing their job and they just yeah. want their bonus and then these forces are conspiring against them and not valuing them at all and perfect organism almost all of you are dead <laughs> Well, I mean, it is important to remember when you see this movie to remind yourself that these aren't soldiers. Mm -hmm. These are blue-collar workers of the time uh, on these operations where they're going to these far-off places and they're they're mining for, uh, I mean, I know the serious alien nerds are going to be mad because I don't know exactly (laughs) what they were doing, but they were were mining for valuable things to bring back. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why that bonus scene is kind of funny because you're right, it's like, they're there to do a job and they just want to get home. They don't want to go check out that beacon. Nope. At all. Um, R.I.P. Yafet Koto, by the way, who just recently passed. Uh, it was it was kind of sad seeing he, he and Harry Dean Stanton, some of those two shots, because they both left us now. And uh, I thought, and I was like, oh, and Tom Skerritt. And Tom Skerritt's alive. That's the great <laughs> news. <laughs> He's 87 years old. He's still going. I was like, oh, that's great. Because Tom Skerritt is so emblematic of that time period is like this sort of, he wasn't a huge movie star and I don't think he really top lined movies as like the big leading man, but he was super handsome and just this rugged sort of seventies guy. Yeah. Uh, my dad kind of looks like him actually when he was that. Oh really? During that period. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, that's the scariest part to me is when Dallas is in the, like Vince and he has the flamethrower and it's like coming. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you've got, he employs Ridley Scott employs so many great little tricks mm-hmm. uh, to ratchet up the tension. Like this movie is a masterclass on tension building in a film. Yeah. And, and slow burn kind of filmmaking. And he uses little things like that, that boop, 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 boop. Yes. Boop, boop. And you just hear that sound and like, like I just got a little chill right now. <laughs> and 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 seeing that little, you know, nineteen seventies era spe not even special effect, just look like a pong game. Yeah. You know, just getting closer. It doesn't need to be fancy. 
and and look like some you know amazing cgi creation that's just it's a good lesson i think is you just need a green dot getting closer to the other green dot <laughs> yep. at a rapid rate and and it starts going faster and faster and you're you're terrified yeah and i think that was something really smart that they did and in general i think is the best course of action in horror movies is they knew like if we show this alien in its full form too long, people are going to be like, that's a man in a suit. Yeah. So you really, I think it's less than two minutes you see the full creature in the whole film. So yeah. it's just like... It's the Jaws effect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it works so well. Like your imagination, if, you're, if mm-hmm. you've done the job as creators, your imagina- the imagination of the audience is going to do a lot of that work for you. Like. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, that kind of restraint is so valuable to a filmmaker, and I think that's, um, I don't know about loss, but it, it doesn't get used as much as it should these days. But um, it the very, very end, when it's blasted off from the rear of the ship, is kind of the, the final reveal of what that whole body looks like. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing it and going, <laughs> it has arms and legs? <laughs> like, I guess you knew it had arms because that great... Yeah, shot where yes. it reaches out for uh, for Tom Skerritt, but yeah. I don't I don't think I even thought about it having big long gangly legs until I saw it outside the ship. Yeah, it feels much more because so many of the shots are kind of it unfurling. Yeah, um, yeah. and so Ugh. almost reptilian, maybe or mm-hmm. like you, you're not picturing that part. You're so horrified. Yeah, by <laughs> just this unfurling effect. That it's never even, at least for me, yeah, it didn't really occur to me. I guess legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the great Veronica Cartwright as Lambert. Um, I, I do one impression of her, and that is this. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's my Lambert. She was so good, though. Uh, I just, I mean, the cast in this movie is unbelievable. John Hurt, uh, like I said, Yafet Koto, of course, Sigourney Weaver, uh, the great Ian Holm, who was just, Light. I mean, I forget. I forgot about that uh, end scene where he's totally skitzing out, yeah. throwing himself against the wall in like full android robot freakout mode. And I'm like, that's Ian Holm <laughs> doing that. <laughs> yeah. I every time I watch this movie, which is at least once a year, I'd say. Yeah. I get. He makes me so angry. Like I, I still am like, oh, I don't like this guy. <laughs> I'm not like. I you. know. Yeah, it was brilliant casting and, and the reveal of him as uh, so late in the movie as an, I mean, is he an android or a robot? I mean, android. he calls him a robot, but um, uh, Parker does. But it, it's so well played uh, to, to hang on to that for so long. And of course, once you've seen it a bunch of times, you see a couple of little hints along the way, mm-hmm. like uh, Dallas says early on, which I don't think I ever even noticed. He's something about something this man and uh, Ian Holm kind of gives him a little look. Yeah. And I don't think I ever noticed that until last night. I was like, oh, there's a nice little Easter egg. There are a bunch of little things if you're paying attention. Like, I think he never eats. Like, you never see him eat. Oh, um, like, he sips on the, like, milk thing. But other right. than that, <laughs> you don't see You mean eat. his his future sweat? <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> yeah, it was really nasty. Because it wasn't even full milk. It was watery milk. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a step below. (laughs) That scene, I posted the, uh, God, that scene's so brutal when when Parker knocks his, literally knocks his head off. Mm -hmm. And uh, then then, uh, Ripley, you know, sets him up on the table with his head separated from his body. 
and I just had to send that picture out on my movie screen to the movie crushers. I was like, look what I'm watching for Annie. And they, everybody, everyone was really excited that you were the one for this movie. <laughs> Wait till I get into my quotes. <laughs> Let's hear one. Oh, okay. Um, so from Tom Schoen at Slate. Okay. Okay. Alien has issues. It has mommy issues and sex issues. It has a thing for strong women who it also likes to ogle in their undies. It's a hot mess, a Freudian fever dream with its crabby and postcoital atmosphere, its rebirthing imagery, its queasily gynecological production design, its night sweat of male anxiety, a particularly horrifying confusion of the sexual gynecological within the gastrointestinal. <laughs> And the famous John Hurt birth scene in which a razor-toothed phallic monster gnaws its way through the, his stomach <laughs> into the light, a kind of science fiction phallus dentatus. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, and That's I know true. Uh, Lambert, Veronica Cartwright, she didn't know, like the actors didn't know during that scene it was going to be like that explosion. I heard that. That's yeah. brilliant yes. to do as a filmmaker. Uh, but yeah, that's really interesting. I, I mean... It certainly did occur to me last night, like mother is the computer. Uh, the alien itself obviously is is a big mama who just only wants to, you know, have babies mm -hmm. and kill people. Um, so, yeah, there are definitely there's a lot more going on below the surface. And it's a movie that you can I love that this is a movie you can pick apart like that. And and who knows what Ridley Scott and the writers intended, but who cares? Really? It's like it's a movie that you can interpret in a variety of ways. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. The Hyundai Santa Fe becomes available early 2024, so get on it now before all the good camping sites are full. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bear Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. 
how doers get more done. Well, I do know um, Dan O'Bannon, who is one of the writers, there's a lot of mm-hmm. like conflicting uh, kind of controversy around the writing of this movie um, right. and who got credit. But Dan O'Bannon is largely the one that gets the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, he is quoted saying, one thing that people are all disturbed about is sex. I said, that's how I'm going to attack the audience. I'm going to attack them sexually. And I'm not going to go after the women in the audience. I'm going to attack the men. I'm going to put in every image I can think of to make mm-hmm. the men in the audience cross their legs. Homosexual, oral rape, birth, the thing lays its eggs down your throat, the whole number. Oh, wow. I'm tell- I've got so many quotes, Chuck. I- <laughs> so he, he that was very much intentional then. That's pretty Yes, cool. it absolutely it was worked. intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Although there is the one scene with um, with the alien's uh, tail kind of creeping up Cartwright's legs, right? Yes, and that's a big... Um, it's never been confirmed what happened in that, but right. she's not wearing... When you see her again and her body is hanging, she's not wearing pants. Um, oh. And I have played the game Alien Isolation, which is... I think it's Ripley's daughter goes back and investigates the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's implied that she was raped in that. Really? Yeah. Ew. I'm telling you, so much to unpack. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack. Um, non-thematically speaking, just the the look of the film. Obviously, I mentioned H.R. Giger, uh, who, and I don't know if it's still there. He had a bar in in Europe somewhere that was styled out like this. And uh, a friend of mine went, and I don't know if it's still there. This is many, many years ago. And I remember him telling me all about the Giger bar and how amazing it was. But, you know, you always sort of remember the dank darkness of the guts of the ship. But uh, so much of the other stuff is so cool looking. The, the striking white of the quarters and the and the control room and stuff like that. And I think it's, um, I, I didn't remember that stuff looking so kind of sharp and that Maybe that 4K just it popped really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the whole design of the movie is is just legendary. It still looks amazing. Absolutely. Um, and there are some some things I love about when they were coming up with this idea because he um, Giger was inspired by this German artist who did something. Um, it was kind of based on the the Furies, uh, the Greek Furies. Called uh-huh. Francis Bacon. If you could, you can look it up, and you can see like, oh yeah, I see the inspiration. Um, but then that, from that, he did a collection of pieces called Necromonicon, and that's how uh, he came on the radar of Dan O'Bannon and Ridley Scott. But he he was going for something sexual and creepy, and some of his designs were so overtly sexual. The studio was like, nope, nope, um, which blows my mind because they're so sexual. Yeah. Um, and U.S. Customs held Giger after seeing his artwork for Alien, and they were highly disturbed by it. And I think Ridley Scott had to go uh, help him out. And then, uh, like, the first version of the egg just had mm-hmm. one slit in it for the opening, and Ridley Scott laughed out loud when he saw it because he's like, that looks like, like a vulva. Too much. <laughs> That's, like, right. way too much. Can we, can we have it open at Four Corners, please? Yes. I mean, that's one of the great shots of the movie, you know, is that that slow peel away of that egg. And especially, you know, it's hard to kind of go back and remember when you didn't know what was coming. Right. 
even though it's still, I mean, I, I, I was like biting my nails last night. I know everything that happens in this movie mm-hmm. and it's still tense to me, but um, it is hard to go back and sort of remember the, the beauty of the, the first time you see this movie and not knowing what's going to happen and just how fucked up the, the chest burster and that thing on its face yeah. on his face uh, in the acid blood. Like there were so many little brilliant moves just giving it acid blood. Yeah. It was like, all right, well now what are you going to do? Yeah. Going to destroy your ship by like cutting this thing up. It was genius. And that's why they did it is they were like, well, wh- what's a way we could make it logical, make it make sense that you wouldn't just right. shoot it or like, yeah. have these other things. Um, yeah. Imagine that's what the, Everyone said at first is, well, why don't they just kill it? Right. It's like, well, it has acid blood. <laughs> that does feel kind of, I like when you say it that way, it feels kind of childish. Like <laughs> like a kid said, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, like a kid just literally made it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's something Ruby would say. Uh, because I have acid blood, Dan. <laughs> just got <blood>. me. <laughs> um, um, another thing I thought was really cool was how, and I never really noticed, was how I mean, the whole movie is a slow burn, but how slowly he brings Ripley along. Yes. And how like, that whole first act, really, I think she has less screen time than anyone and, and barely any dialogue. Yeah, you would not know she is the main character for, I think, the first third. Yeah. And then even after that, there's like a transition period where you're not sure, um, which that is another thing, again hard to like recapture especially for me because i saw it so late but i did know mm. like sigourney reaver ripley right the main character so it's yeah, hard for yeah. me to kind of imagine that like but the first time i saw it i was like wait where i thought she was the the one that does all the stuff but i was kind of confused yeah um, i mean let's talk about her arc you know she it is a slow transformation i think i think it happens in stages almost like losing dallas was was the, one of the real big transitions for her, I think. Yeah. Um, and I know I've talked about final girls on here before, but she's one of the original final girls. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting um, that she starts, and she's she's just like everybody else, this blue-collar sort of worker in the background. But she is kind of the one voicing concerns or um, yeah. confronting Ash, the android, Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the one that's like, no, we need to quarantine. This is how yeah. we do. This is the, these are the rules. I'm in charge, and she's ignored. Um, and she never. I couldn't. You know, it's weird. I couldn't remember last night when she was saying, even to Dallas, her boss, like, no, mm-hmm. this isn't. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I was like, wait a minute. Does she give in? And I forgot. She she never does. It's Ash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that guy gets me so angry. I know that motherfucker. <laughs> Never trust an android. Never trust. Well, you know what makes me really sad about aliens is then you're like, oh, trust a, trust an android. And then in the third one, it's like, actually, he was a traitor. I'm like, okay. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess that whole lesson is tossed out the airlock. But yeah. Then uh, but by the end, of course, Ripley is, I mean, when it's down to the final three, mm-hmm. I mean, she is fully in charge. I don't know how, if there was rank. Uh, because they weren't army or anything like that, or if she just just stepped up, but she has that fucking plan together. Yeah, uh, there's definitely rank involved, but I also feel like she, if, even if there hadn't been, right at that point, <laughs> she mm-hmm. was the one that had the the plan. Here's how we're gonna do it. 
Um, and I love this really could have gone the other way and not worked, but I love the whole sequence where she sees the alien Mm -hmm. goes back and tries to cancel the self-destruct. Yeah. Um, Like she's thinking on her feet. She's trying to find a way to survive and kind of reversing these plans. And then mother, of course, foils, (laughs) foils. Mother. It's just Ripley more than any She's almost Terminator-like in that she never, ever, ever gives up. Yeah. Like, I I keep, even after I've seen this movie a hundred times, I kept waiting for her to just be like, fuck it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to off myself or just succumb to this thing. And she just won't do it. And and, and without any, like, it doesn't even, you know, it doesn't set up some schmaltzy reason why. Like, this husband I have to get back to or any dumb trope that you might usually see. It's just this will mm-hmm. and strength. It's pretty amazing and certainly was not a thing in movies in 1979. Right. And famously, um, that role, Ripley, was originally meant for a man. But then they decided, let's make I don't it. Think I knew that. Yeah, it was meant for a man. And then they decided, let's make it gender new, like anybody can audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were really impressed with Sigourney Weaver, but I think, and the dialogue was written for a man, which I think is really interesting because they didn't change any, I, I mean, right. they probably changed some things, but not really. So, um, so when she says, fuck you to, uh, Harry Dean Stanton and Parker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that totally makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think that totally, it worked and I, I personally believe that that is a good way to write a character where yeah. pretty much, you know, any gender could play them. Um, yeah, especially in this sense for something like this. Mm-hmm. I, I, because there's no part of me through, through it that was like, uh, uh, I feel, this doesn't work, right? Like a woman can't do this. Or this doesn't, <laughs> like it just, no, she did you're, it you're, so well. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing unconvincing about anything Ripley does. Mm-hmm. It's so grounded for such a, you know, crazy sci-fi horror movie. It's still so grounded. Nothing that happens in this movie doesn't feel unrealistic or something she couldn't have really done. Uh, Because, you know, it's not like a bunch of hand-to-hand combat or any any weird, like, fight scenes. It's all just super grounded. Yeah. Um, And I think... This character had a, a lasting legacy, and and I've read essays about how she um, like toughened up future mm. heroines, and that whole scene where very disturbing scene where uh, Ash tries to kill her, and it's very like oral rape evocative. He's trying to shove mm-hmm. the magazine down her throat. If you look behind her, there's all this like pornographic imagery. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and I feel like Ash was this toxic masculinity like he's pretty much spewing sperm at the end oh and, wow yeah and it, it's just like this frustration of women i even read essays that said like women are turning down giving birth and people men were mad about it and so like having that scene of like this toxic basically toxic masculinity walking trying uh-huh. to do that to her and then it's definitely a weird way to kill someone yeah uh, you know, let me roll up a magazine and jam it in her mouth. Yeah. 
I don't even know what that would do. Would that just keep her from breathing? Is that was he choking her? Yeah, I think so. And I imagine he's got like android strength. So sure, who knows? He's throwing her around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Annie, you're bringing the goods. I didn't. Uh... Oh, I got so much. <laughs> I got so many thoughts. It's all so obvious, though. Now that you pointed out. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, a lot of people, a lot of critics have written about how this is again with Roe v. Wade and second wave feminism. Mm-hmm. It was like a fear that men were having around like this male pregnancy. What if I had to take care of children? <laughs> right. What, what would I do? And just the what if I basically the pregnancy being like, oh my gosh, I might have to actually take care of a child. And then like the whole idea of the the face hugger where mm-hmm. it's inserting its embryo against your will and yeah. you can't take it off. Other, unless you'll die. And it's that whole idea of like, you have to carry the child unless there's, you know, even if it'll kill you um, right. at the health of the mother. All of these things, Chuck. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm never going to look at this movie the same way again. Oh, so last night I almost texted you, but I was like, I don't think this is a work appropriate text. But I was like, please look for the sexual <laughs> so you're imagery. you're going to tell me about it? <laughs> please look for the sexual imagery in this movie. You cannot unsee it. Um, uh, yeah, that's work appropriate. I mean, this is what we do on the show. You know? <laughs> I debated, um, but like, maybe I'll just wait. <laughs> well, it was very funny. You te- About 10 minutes after I started, just for the listeners, Annie texted me and said, well, I guess I have to watch Alien again for research <laughs> for the gazillionth time. Yes. Uh, I was happy to see it again. Yeah. Um, and it is a movie I do come back to. Uh, one of the striking visual images for me is, and it was such a smart way to light the scene, but... Um, were those spacesuits with the with the light on top? Yeah, kind of cast the flashlight on top of the bubble helmet, kind of casting down on their faces. Mm-hmm. And it's not a great like if if you think about it realistically, it's probably not a great system uh, to have all that light in your face. Right. But it sure looks good on a movie screen, mm-hmm. especially those long shots where you just see these sort of three orbs kind of moving around uh, in that dank darkness mm-hmm. uh, headed toward the. The, the space jockey. The space jockey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that whole that whole sequence looks amazing. Like the fog, the dark, like yeah. sharp corners of everything. Oh, it looks so good. Yeah. And not to keep hammering this home, but uh, Veronica Hammer Cartwright, it. she said it was basically that scene was like we were walking around penises and vaginas. And it's meant to mm-hmm. uh, resemble like a womb, like space is the womb and then that is a womb. And they're like the colonists entering. Like it uh-huh. looks like a vulva. Uh, so they enter. They're like the sperm. And then, you know, poor John Hurt falls down into this kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. The, you can almost feel like the atmosphere of it, of being yeah, yeah. warm and sticky. And then the yeah. egg comes for him. <laughs> I know. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it's all certainly there. I don't think. I don't think any of this is reading anything into it that wasn't, you know, a, the sandbox that they were playing in. And I think that's the stuff that does make it sort of subconsciously more unsettling. Yeah. You know, than just your sort of standard horror sci-fi film. Right. Uh, in my line of work, sometimes I think maybe you're reading too much into this. Um, but for this movie, I definitely have the quotes to back up that I am not. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that's kind of a bunch of bullshit anyway. Like, I think reading too much in, into something is a, just another way of saying 
thinking really deeply about another perspective about something. Right. And, you know, maybe it goes nowhere sometimes, but that doesn't mean it's not doesn't have value. Yeah, especially if it's resonating for you and there's got to be some reason that you're because, I mean, that's one of the beauties of entertainment in general is you're bringing yourself to it and interacting with it in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And you can also hear some asshole just saying, oh, you're reading too much into it. Right. (laughs) Just look at the surface. It's just a very phallically shaped alien with a phallically shaped tongue. I don't right. know what your problem is. <laughs> it's all over the place. Also, they um, uh, used KY jelly for that like effect. Uh, and the skin was made of condoms. Oh, was it really? When he picked up he the picks up shedded skin? Uh, skin? Yeah. Yeah, it did look very condom-like, mm-hmm. actually. Oh, man, it's all over the place. It is. <laughs> uh, the, here's the quote. I just love this. And, and it's such a great sort of minimalist script. But when they finally get to the space jockey and Dallas is reporting back, and I just like, I see this, it's so simple, but so effective writing. He says, alien life form, looks like it's been dead a long time, fossilized, looks like it's growing out of a ch- out of the chair, bones are bent outward, like he exploded from inside. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not much there word count wise, but mm-hmm. boy, is that like sort of hair raising stuff, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, immediately right there, the back of the hairs in the back of your neck are prickling because like looks like something burst from inside his chest. And then it kind of yeah. cuts sort of quickly. Like Dallas is still a little worried and they're like, no, let's keep going. And you're like, maybe, maybe don't keep going. <laughs> yeah. And the space jockey is also uh, and and that's what some people call him. If you're listening and you've seen the movie and you're like, who the fuck is the space jockey? Mm-hmm. Also known as the pilot. I think it's, it's the huge uh, former pilot of this ship. That's still, you know, part of this chair now. And it's, it's one of those things where like I had to actually look up online and I never thought to do it. Cause I, you can never really tell what's going on there. Right. And people have broken it down online and said like, well, this is chair. This is right. the thing. This part is chair. This part is 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 pilot, uh, and that kind of helped a little bit because I was like, "What is this? Some kind of weird elephant?" Right. And then they've also, I'm sure you've seen this, but they rendered what it it may have looked like mm-hmm. uh, as well. Because I was googling last night, was the space jockey human? Right. Uh, and the space jockey was not human. Oh, so you haven't seen Prometheus? Oh shit! <laughs> you know what? I saw Prometheus. And I was probably super high in the movie and like got a bunch of great eye candy. But that movie, I, I must admit, did fly over my head. And the, and the whole alien uh, um, canon, uh-huh. I don't know it inside and out. So school me. What What is... <laughs> do they reveal who the space jockey is? Yeah. Um, well... was it is it the big white thing? Yeah. The bald white guy? I'm pretty sure. I mean, to be fair... This is coming from a nerd, uh, like super nerd. <laughs> it's confusing. Like the whole okay, thing thank is confusing because <laughs> um, it confuses me. Yeah, and like I love how people have even broken down like the life cycle of a xenomorph because it's kind of weird, right? Like you have the queen that gives birth to the egg, and then that gives the face hugger on the face, and then that implants an egg in you, and then right. the xenomorph comes out and it grows within like a day, yeah, super fast. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, I don't know if you saw this but there was a, there were deleted scenes in this movie that were determined to be too disturbing where uh Ripley finds Dallas and he's still alive and he's like 
cocooned, oh, which is what they do oh, in aliens. I think I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's then that part of the life cycle, too. Right. It's confusing is what I'm saying. <laughs> it is. And and I, I, honestly, I'd, I'd have to go back and watch Prometheus again um, because I don't remember how that all worked together. Oh, it's weird. I mean, it's like the... I I'm unless I'm remembering it incorrectly because it's been a long time since I've seen that one. But like the big white dudes at the beginning were were the space jockey race, and then they were used okay. to create the xenomorph, and that's sort of okay. Their bodies were used for that purpose, and they, the, that whole movie is like a search for God. So they were doing it for God, their God. Oh, um, that's where you lose me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. The Hyundai Santa Fe becomes available early 2024, so get on it now before all the good camping sites are full. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bear Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This movie also has one of the great uh again in classic horror film um uh fashion the the fateful mistake like the one thing and their fateful mistake annie as you know is having that goddamn last meal <laughs> what would have happened if they would have gone into cryofreeze i mean that's that's is aliens point. in there would it have yeah. burst through or would it have killed it like i kind of went down the alternate timeline of what would have happened then well they kind of explored that in Aliens, in Alien 3. That was sort of their goal, was to get it like it safely back within the body of someone else so they could that use it. That was Alien 3? 
Uh, yeah, that's how it starts, I believe. Um, anyway, yeah, they were going to use the body of... I mean, it's in, in Aliens, too, because that, that douchey 80s villain, like, every 80s villain is that guy uh-huh. was going to get the uh, implant Ridley, Ripley and um, Newt with the yeah, yeah. embryo and then freeze them and then get them back oh, so they could get okay. past the weapons quarantine thing. Um, I'm glad you're here to say this because people yelling at me, like, Chuck, you just, you saw Aliens. Have you seen this franchise? <laughs> it's just, it's a franchise that I've seen all of the stuff, except I didn't see any of the Alien Predator movies. Oh, yeah. Um, are they good? No, but they're fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I never d- dived into trying to get a full understanding. Like, aside, I mean, I saw Aliens quite a few times, but aside from Alien, um, I didn't see most of them a lot. Yeah, well, the thing I really... I, I'm in the same boat. I've seen Alien and Aliens a lot. Um, I will say that even ones that I don't necessarily like, I think most of them have some really interesting things that they tried and messaging. Um, but that I've never really considered that idea, Chuck, of like what would have happened if they'd gone to cryo. Um well, your movie's over. <laughs> I know your movie's over, unless Before you want to get to like starts. a really boring, <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I mean that that is one thing that I think horror movies, it for me at least, is, is that thought experiment aspect of well, honestly, they, if they had listened to Ripley, maybe this whole thing could have been avoided, but they didn't. Sure. So now, as an audience, you have to decide of like well is it worth all of them dying just so this creature doesn't get back to earth um yeah i mean that's the first faithful mistake actually before the meal is they didn't listen to ripley yep that's the first one there were a couple of them (laughs) there were a lot of mistakes in this (laughs) a lot of mistakes were made (laughs) a lot of errors in judgment yes yes yes, uh let's talk about the the uh brett Harry Dean Stanton goes for Jones mm. scene. And uh, again, a masterclass in tension building and, and faults, uh, not red herrings, but whatever you call it, where you, yeah. and there's like two or three shots where you're like, That's oh, this it. is where he's going to get it. Yep. <laughs> and it's not. Mm-hmm. I, for me, um, because again, I saw this pretty late. Uh, and I, of course, was aware of the chestburster scene. Mm. I'd seen Spaceballs. Like, I knew what was going to happen. It's still really messed up and disturbing, but I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. That was the first scene where I was, like, clutching onto my friend and feeling that, like, legitimate... Because the whole thing has been tense, but this was the part where I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) Because you got those chains moving slowly. Oh, yeah. The the water. The sound design there is so great. Yeah. Yeah, when he's looking up in the... That's such a beautiful shot. I mean, it's very Blade Runner esque mm-hmm. uh, with that light in the water. Just you know, it's such a welcome thing on his face. Yes, and uh, and Harry Dean Stanton is such a great actor and got such a great mug. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, I mean, the casting in this movie is ridiculous. But yeah, I kept thinking even last night because it had been a minute since I'd seen it. I was like, wait, when does he get it? It's still pretty because I've seen it a lot, and I think they do really a really good job with because you there's a couple of scenes where the alien is there 
Like you can right. see it, but it's uh-huh. not until it like starts moving. Oh, well, the like, very end. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. That's that's the big one. <laughs> the hand like spills out. Napping in there. <laughs> I know. It's like I'm just gonna. I've had a. That's been a hard busy... day killing people. <laughs> <laughs> it's my first day. <laughs> but that is uh, the the scene with Harry Dean Stanton is the first reveal of. Yeah. What it looks like since it's after it grown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, man. It's just dripping, and it's amazing. Like, mouth is twitching well and just the design of the uh the mouth opening and then the other little mouth in there i mean come on that's movie history yeah how brilliant is that it's like let's take something scary Mm -hmm. that's all you needed is that alien Mm -hmm. like to put that that punch mouth in there is it does that have a name it probably does. It probably does. I'm sure alien. I usually just call it like. Call, I've called it something. The penis mouth. The penis the pe- tongue. <laughs> there we go. Penis tongue. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that it, it is certainly phallic um, and terrifying. Mm-hmm. And it and it's because it happens so fast. And I think you live after it happens even. I don't think it immediately kills when that happens. Which no. Which is pretty terrifying. Yeah. And then it kind of like drags him up. And um Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this last night, too, of you're never really quite sure, especially since they deleted that scene with Dallas, is the alien eating them? Is it just killing them? Because then you see the bodies of like Lambert and Parker, and it doesn't right. look like they were eaten, just killed. N- yeah, I mean, that offers the question, then, why is it killing the perfect organism, as Ash says, perfect killer. Right. Uh, but that, I mean, that is terrifying. Both are ter- Both options are terrifying. But if right. it's just killing you, and honestly, I mean, maybe some, it's just so much more powerful and threatening than, like, the humans on that ship. <laughs> yeah. That it feels like overkill, perhaps. Uh, but that's Well, just... they don't even have weapons, really. Yeah, I mean they they fashion these incinerators as flamethrowers, mm-hmm. but you know aliens is when they bring in military and and weaponry and stuff like that. But I think that was one of the brilliant things about this is to make it some blue collar workers who aren't skilled fighters. I guess you know mm-hmm. Yalpak Kodo is he's kind of the only tough guy in the movie, mm-hmm. but not your typical tropey. It avoids so many tropes. It does. And the, I mean, every phase of that creature is terrifying. Like the face hugger mm-hmm. is terrifying. And I have written on my list here, Annie, in the, the eggs, the first scene face hugger jumps from egg. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a terrifying moment. Yeah. And that, like, it happened again, it happened so fast. And then there's that, like, screeching, like, sound that you're assuming it may like when it jumps and breaks the glass of oh yeah yeah poor Kane um, yeah the one kind of funny part uh that I laughed at every time is after the chest burst when that alien comes out and you know oh god oh god that's still going on uh-huh. and then it like it then it rides away on a segue it looks like <laughs> <laughs> she goes <laughs> It's like, all right, that that's the only thing that kind of looks like a hand puppet. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm pretty sure they struggled a lot with that with that scene. I'm sure because it uh, 
that's why I didn't think it had legs later on. Right. Was because it's kind of gliding around. Maybe it didn't have legs at that point. It definitely looks like the tail is really long when mm-hmm. you first see it and it kind of unfurls and the way it moves feels much more, yeah, reptilian. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, speaking of tropes, I also think that if this movie had been made uh, 10 years later, this movie in 1989, 1,000% has a love story attached to it. Yes. Ripley in Dallas or whatever. Yeah. Um, It, it didn't need it. Thank God it didn't have it. Mm-hmm. But I could totally see... I don't know if Ridley Scott would have done it, but let's say this thing goes in a turnaround and gets in the hands of, you know, some lesser filmmaker in the 80s. It's got a love story in there. Absolutely. Uh, You can't have a main (laughs) female lead and not have the romance. Right. It would have looked very different if it had been made in the 80s. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when was Aliens? What year was that? It was was, quite a few years later, right? Yeah, I think it was like 19... 80 like late 80s i think i could be wrong but it, yeah it was it was it has to have been the 80s because this movie came out in 1979 but <laughs> yeah but i think it was uh let me look here 86 so seven years later i mean i'm not sure about the development of that movie uh but you know i, I did love it james cameron he, he took it in the direction it was going to go i remember being really glad when ridley scott came back and I remember having super high hopes for Prometheus and just leaving, kind of going, well, that looked awesome, and I'm kind of confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I left with a similar, my friends are like, Annie, stop talking about how that movie was about abortion. And I'm like, but it was! Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, did, I did really enjoy Aliens, but you, you, you will notice it does have a love story does have an arc in there. It does. Yeah. Um, who's who's the villain in this movie? Is it Ash? I think it's Ash, but it's also, what is it, Weyland Yutani Corps? I think it's the company that oh, is like, yeah, you know, priority one, capture right. organism, priority two, crew is expendable. <laughs> like, right. That's that's the big reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the evil, the evil corporate uh, overlords. I think so, because Ash was, as much as I dislike him, he was an android doing what he was programmed to yeah. do. Android's going to android, you know? And alien's going <laughs> to alien. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But there were a, a bunch of rich white guys behind that corporation. Yes. Making cho- making choices. Yes. Uh, I never really thought about that. Pierce Was it Pierce Brosnan played? Anyway, that was in the newest one, Covenant, I think. Was that guy being like, yes. <laughs> I don't know if I even saw that, to be honest. That's fine. Um, Alien Covenant? hmm Yeah. I'm getting this in the Terminator franchise confused, because I think they have a similar path. Right. Uh, including James Cameron, but um, they both sort of went really far in one direction, and the backstory, or, or the, the interweaving of the canon got too confusing for me in both cases. Yeah, I would agree. I haven't seen all the Terminators. I believe I've seen all of the Alien franchise, which I did want to put in here. Uh, I think it's impressive that for a rated R movie, Mm -hmm. this movie did so well that it had like toys and comics 
which right. is kind of mind-blowing <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And rated R horror movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they had Freddy Krueger dolls, maybe, or action figures, but... Yeah, it, it's not normal. No, especially, like, yeah, 1979. Uh, yeah, get a xenomorph toy into that kid's hands. <laughs> Give him a face. Happy birthday, Annie. I'm going to buy you an Ash action figure. And I and will send it to you. It. Just so you can, yeah, just so you can melt it like in the movie. Melt its face. Ugh. That was a cool scene. Yeah. I, it's, it, Ian Holm did a great job. It's freaky. It's freaky. I know. And it, he's one of those guys that after you see that movie... It, regardless of what he's done, you're kind of like, it's sort of like the Hannibal Lecter effect a little bit. It's hard to go back. Right, right. And that that reveal is so freaky too, where um, Ripley is having this realization like, oh, fuck, the company wants us dead. Like, they don't care if we die. Right. And then the camera kind of moves and he's like, there's a logical explanation for this, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, that's a total horror movie shot. Yes. Now she she knew that he was an android though, right? She and oh, she didn't. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. See, I thought Dallas and Ripley knew, knew maybe. No, uh, because she confronts Dallas and is like, "Since when does the science officer get to do this?" And mm-hmm. Dallas is kind of like, "Oh, I'm tired. I just want." You're like, <laughs> I know. He's a little over it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "That's not my job. I don't care." And um, she's like, "I don't trust Ash." And have you worked with him before? And he said, no. Like oh, I had right. previous, this is my first time I had a previous science officer. He was, this is my first time with him. Huh. All right. I forgot about that part. Maybe I thought Dallas was. Uh, in on it? No, no. I guess he would have been, though, if he would have been keeping that secret, right? He wasn't in on it. No. Of course not. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm reading too much into it. <laughs> yeah, Chuck, <laughs> get out of your own head. <laughs> Seriously. That's the conspiracy theory that Dallas was behind the whole thing. Uh, Ash really is the villain for a moment, though, uh, in, in that sort of series of sequences. Um, you forget about an alien for a minute. Yeah, which I think is really impressive. I think that, um, you know, he, there's nothing about him really physically that is terrifying or scary. There's plenty of scenes throughout where you at least for me i i was like okay he's the way he's defending this creature over and over and he's talking about how it's a perfect organism mm-hmm. um and when he says he calls the chest burster Cain's son which was a biblical reference yeah, to sure. Abel and Cain and uh the fact that they were born outside of God's rules so they're quite monstrous right um so there's like instances where he's creepy and you think he has a really intense look about him Mm-hmm. But in that scene, yeah, you forget that there's this impending alien threat and right. you're just so focused on, oh my gosh, this is a new problem. <laughs> well, and it's a very much a first things first situation. Right. Uh, that alien doesn't matter right then because he's, he's a genuine threat and is trying to kill her dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then just to see him have that moment where... He is like coming apart at the scenes, spinning around, and there's that sound. Oh my god, it's so great! <laughs> and like the insides, they use like caviar and milk yeah. and uh-huh. oh, the lights and noodles. Um, yeah, a lot of food products going on. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely thought there were some oysters involved on the underbelly of the face hugger. Yeah, I think so. I think there's like liver. I was like, it's got to be an oyster or something. <laughs> 
some sweet breads. Yes. <laughs> Ew. So gross looking. I guess what my point was, I think that it is a testament to the acting and writing and shooting of that whole thing that mm-hmm. someone who isn't on paper that physically threatening oh, sure. is suddenly terrifying. Yeah. Little little Ian Holm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you get the sense even before Aliens Ripley that this Ripley could kind of kick his ass. Right. Right. Uh, and he's just, he's tossing her around in, in that 79 way that it's not, there's no wire work. There's mm-hmm. no, you know, Sigourney Weaver. I mean, that's a good piece of physical acting, actually, if you kind of, you know, just look at her. Yeah. Uh, throwing herself around, obviously, because Ian Holmes not doing it. Right. <laughs> um, such a terrifying sequence, though. And one of the great villains, I think, and one of the great reveals. Uh, I do love how it, when she does have the head separated and she rewires them mm-hmm. to try and get information or whatever, mm-hmm. how she's she's getting pissed off. And then she has the power then to just say, fuck you. Yeah. You're, you're, you're unplugged again, dude. Yeah. And how quickly and, and you can tell the satisfaction she gets out of shutting him back down. Yo, yeah. It's yeah. It's pretty great. Well, and he has that like really creepful final final smile where he's like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. I know. And that's what sends her over the top. Yeah. And, you know, to look at it from the feminist perspective, you know, she's she's in charge then. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she can tell that she can put a sock in that guy. Yeah. Metaphorically, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, just that whole like when Dallas, I forgot that he asked Mother, and he's like, "What are what are my chances?" Yeah, and she's kind of like, "Not good, bro." Right. <laughs> and then that was a great mother. That's good. Oh uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. But for that to through line to continue with Ash, and to have because you would sort sort of think he's just a malfunctioning android, but. That mm-hmm. smile makes you think, yeah. oh, he's happy that of what's going to become of you, of what he thinks mm-hmm. you have no chance to defend. And then Ripley's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is that? Because he's showing emotion there. Yeah. And, and, del- and delight in their demise. Delight in their demise. You know? that's It's addressed <laughs> briefly in Aliens where uh, Bishop is like, oh, that model had weird... Uh, oh, like sure. Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they always do that. Right. Oh, well, we forgot the Model T, whatever, the T-2000. Exactly. <laughs> that old Model T had a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jones. Yes. Annie, I love cats. Okay. I love dogs. Mm-hmm. I'm an animal lover, and I will go out of my way to save an insect. Uh-huh. Uh, and last night, I was going, fuck that cat. <laughs> Get out of there, man. Get out of there. Who cares about Jonesy? And I felt myself betrayed. I looked over, my cat was like staring at me on the couch, and I felt terrible for betraying my love of animals, but it's like, just get out of there. Jonesy was the problem at the end. That's the that's the conspiracy theory that Jonesy was behind us, because Jonesy was also behind uh, Henry Dean Stanton, his demise. Uh, right. That's right. He was going to look after uh, or look for Jonesy. The interesting thing about Jonesy, because a lot of people do feel that way, especially when it's like, yeah, down to the wire, the lights are going wild. You've got the the ringing, the blaring of the alarm, the aliens there, and Ripley's another effective like, sound design. Yeah. Oh, so good. I actually um, a couple years ago, actually way longer than that, but I was in London and they had this um, exhibit called Movium, 
And mm-hmm. they had that set piece, and you could walk through it with like the fog going and the alarm going. And then oh no, the thank you! Alien would come out at the end. It was awesome, Chuck. It was awesome, but terrifying. Oh, I bet no, that's cool. P- very terrifying. But yeah, she's like, kind of keeps going back for this cat, and you're, what is going on? Um, some people think that that is a key element to a non-threatening final girl, is that. There has to be something feminine and mothering about her. Okay. Um, so some people think that that was their effort to be like, yes, she's been pretty like gender neutral throughout, mm-hmm. but she still has this really strong protective mothering instinct, and she's going to save this cat. Um, Which is a good thing, right? Yeah. Well... Or should she be cold-blooded and leave? You can't win. That's the thing about being a lady is you can't win (laughs) because either you're cold-blooded. That's, yeah, like the whole quarantine thing where they're acting like, oh, you're being ridiculous. I guarantee you if Dallas had been like, nope, they would have been like, okay. Yeah, Um, no, absolutely. No one would have questioned Dallas. Yeah, but that whole, like the end sequence is there's several markers of that, of like she has to go save the cat. That final Mm -hmm. shot of her, she's like in this virginal white of you know the this mother the mother being presented uh, and there like when she s- strips down to the t-shirt you mean no when she's in the like the final when she's in the oh. pod yeah yeah um but yeah yeah they're just these like little things that they were putting in like yeah she's still don't worry she's still a gender conforming lady <laughs> yeah and you know the end when she does strip down to the Frankly, the strangest underwear I've ever seen, <laughs> yes. and the uh, and the and the little tank top or whatever. Um, it it somehow to me still didn't feel like this gratuitous. Uh, let me sexualize this person thing. It felt very real to me that she would do that and and sort of and get in her cryo sleep uh, attire, yeah, which is is not much. But it didn't feel. I feel like later on, if it were again, if it were to been made later by a different filmmaker, they would have highly sexualized that stuff. Yes, yes. Is I, that your read? Yes, I think. Um, I totally agree with you. I think like if I had had a real rough day and I was about to go and cryo, that is what I would do. Um, right. But I think the complication is women have been sexualized so long that right. it's hard to take that away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so even if I agree, like I do. There's no, I don't feel like it's super sexual or anything like that, but because there is this history, especially when we're talking about film, of that, it's hard to Mm -hmm. remove it. And yeah, that kind of, some people are like, did that have to be in there? And I see that criticism, but I also agree, like, yes, you would, in theory, (laughs) that's what you would do. Right. Well, and especially when you factor in uh, how that's received by probably a lot of men, I'm sure there are and were plenty of dudes they were like, oh, man, at the end, when she gets down to her underwear, mm-hmm. best part of the movie, bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I just didn't take it that way. But, yeah, that's that's a totally fair take, I think. Yeah, it, it's complicated um, for sure. But to me, it does feel pretty natural of like, yeah, it's been a long day. <laughs> you, you'd see me in a pair of me undies <laughs> and my big beer gut, and that'd be it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not sexual. <laughs> Nothing sexual about that. Um, yes. 
Well, let's talk about that end. I mean, you mentioned the, uh, we talked just for a second about that sound design, but that's another great example, along with the earlier sound design of creating this tension and that siren going off and, you know, the ship will self-destruct in four and a half minutes. And it's just like relentless. And it's, it's one of the best movie endings in history, I think, because there are a couple of times when you're like, she did it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's it, but it ain't over yet. And when she sees that hand flop out, mm-hmm. it, it's there's so many emotions going on as a viewer. Part of it is like, "Fuck, here we go again." Part of it is worry for her. Mm-hmm. Part of it is terror again because you see how scared she is. But she's clearly caught the xenomorph at a re- resting, yeah, like because it doesn't come right out and go after her. And uh, slipping into that spacesuit, and like she, she immediately kind of comes up with a plan. Yeah, a good Thinking plan. Quick on her feet. Yeah, yeah a like, really good plan. She's always one step ahead. I think. Yeah. Um, I, as you know, I love horror movies, and I think this is a really good example, an early example of kind of what I call the fake out horror movie ending, of like, ah, yeah. oh, release of tension. It's over. We've done it, and then it's not, and. Mm. You do have a pretty long moment of thinking, like, you're calming down, but you're like, why is the movie still going if... <laughs> I just have 15 minutes left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, wait, 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 wait. What's happening here? <laughs> but there's a pretty long beat before they reveal that, yes, the alien is uh-huh. on here. And that shot is so great because you do think, oh, it's moving towards her. But then it's revealed that it hasn't quite become aware of her yet. Right, but you have that worry in the back of your head of like, well, now that ship is gone. She has no other option. She's trapped in this small space with this mm-hmm. rather large, very dangerous predator. Um, and for her to think of that in that level of fear to you know, be still and just do what she has to do, and succeed, but and th- and then you've got it like hanging out the airlock. <laughs> I know that that one final little thing too, and then she hits the blaster. Yeah, yeah, because you got uh, the it. afterburner. You've yeah, got th- that to. was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does she wait so long to open the the door? I, I know at first I think she was waiting for it to fully unfurl and get out of that space, but it seems like she waited. And maybe the answer is just for a more badass ending, for it to rush at her and her hit it, but. Last night, I, you know, after it completely got out, I was just like, hit hit the door. Hit, hit it now. Hit it now. <laughs> and she waited. And, and I mean, it's probably just all about tension building. It definitely built up the tension. I feel like there's a couple of things going on when I watch it where I think there's a part of her that's waiting for this, like, perfect moment. Because she does shoot it with a harpoon, too. Oh, that's true. Um, to get forgot like, about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. To make sure she gets it out there. Because it's hanging on for a sec. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's that, like, waiting for the moment to do it. But also knowing, like, it's a really dangerous predator and, like, any sudden movement might (laughs) trigger it to attack. So I feel like she was, maybe some of it was fear. I think a lot of it was waiting for Mm -hmm. the right moment. (laughs) Because she didn't want to fuck it up. Right. Uh, That was her only chance. And it also... Maybe it was all about just getting that one iconic shot. Yeah, with her in the space helmet, looking, you know, so right, good. right beyond her field of vision. There, yeah, just cinema history. You know, it's amazing. Absolutely, I love that shot. 
Um, I I can't remember, but I, I'm pretty sure Sigourney Weaver um, ad libbed or improv'd that song, and they oh, really? they liked it so much they ha- they kept it in, but they had to pay the royalties for right. that song. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure they found a little money in the I think, budget. I think they were fine. <laughs> Uh, I caught one, and I meant to look this up. I'm sure it's uh, addressed online as a goof. But when that, when mother is counting down, it says 27 mm-hmm. after 20. Did you notice that? I did not notice that. It's like 27, 26, 25, 24, 23, 21, 20, 27. No, no, no it goes 22, 27, 21. Or it's some. It's either in between twenty one and twenty or twenty one and twenty two. She says twenty seven again. I was like, "What?" And I rewound it twice, and she does. I wonder. I'm sure someone has 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 said something about that. I can't be. This is one of my favorite things, though, of like people who love movies. Right. Is is I bet you. (laughs) Well, no, I bet you there is an explanation someone's come up with of like, well, I bet, you know, mother was saying, because the ship is 426, so if 27 is if they can get outside the ship. You know, like there's yeah. a fan explanation. And this is one of my favorite things about Star Wars that gets so messy, is people will be like, it's weird that Princess Leia has this accent. Why does she have this accent? And we're all like, oh, it's just, you know, whatever. And then Disney is like, oh, it's a core accent, because she's really like, they'll come up right. with an explanation. <laughs> I guarantee you, Chuck. There is. It was probably a yeah. mistake, but there is an explanation out there. <laughs> I'm gonna find, and, and I might I might have to queue it up again just to make sure that I wasn't hearing things for like a third time. But maybe she was time. really just fucking with Ripley. She's yeah, like, maybe because because she was so cool. she's right down to the wire, and she's right. like, "Mother, are the coolants back in?" And she's like, "Too late." And she's Ripley's like, "You bitch." <laughs> yeah, it should. She Ripley should have said, "Wait, twenty seven? Yes. <laughs> Should have been 20. I think mother, that was all mother just having a laugh. <laughs> uh, by the way, the Giger bar is in Switzerland. And just uh, Google image a picture of that bar and uh, I'll meet you there in a couple of years. We'll, we'll yes! figure out a movie crush field trip. Yes. Get it, 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 it looks pretty amazing. I mean, it's it's literally like crawling around inside the the spine of, an, uh, of a xenomorph. Oh, God. Get it on pretty the company cool. dime, Chuck. <laughs> Yeah, sure. The, uh, guys, we want to do a special episode from the Giger Bar. Cool. Should cost us like ten grand. Yeah, but it'll be that like one and a half hours of content. Killer. It'll be All so right, good. Well, sign me up. Yes. Uh, well, you got anything else, Annie? I have a million quotes, but uh, if you would want, if you want to hear them, because I feel like I've made my point. We did. I did go through all of them on stuff I've never told you. Well, when was that released? Like, what was the title of that episode? People should definitely listen to that. It was released for, in October 2019 because it was the 40th anniversary. Okay. Um, This is the second time I've watched this movie for research. And it was called Feminist Movie Friday. Alien with all, like, three exclamation points. And then the description was, <laughs> Annie finally lives her dream and talks about Alien while her co-host patiently listens to her. <laughs> oh, that's so great. <laughs> I'm going to listen to that, actually, too, for a deeper dive. I appreciate you coming on and doing this again. I hope it wasn't uh, a retread for you. Oh, no, 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 no. I loved it. Um, I was really thrilled when that was the one you chose. And it was we went over different topics. Uh, Last time, I was much more talking about abortion and sex and stuff like that. So it's a little different. 
Well, that may have scared me, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's disturbing. (laughs) Uh, Annie, my mom's calling me. I got to (laughs) go. I got to go upstairs now. (laughs) Uh, Well, this is fantastic. It's always great to see you. And uh, you're one of my favorite cast members for Movie Crush. And, uh, you know, we'll do it again in a couple of months or so. Yes, I love being here every, every time. And don't forget, we have Great. to do Return of the Jedi. I'm ready. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hit Holly up and we'll, we'll get you both back in here. I'm ready too. Yes. All right. Thanks, Annie. Thank you. Movie Crash is produced and written by Charles Bryant and Noel Brown. Edited and engineered by Seth Nicholas Johnson and scored by Noel Brown here in our home studio at Ponce Market, Atlanta, Georgia for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.